Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. We are on week three of our freedom series. How many of you have enjoyed or gotten something out of this freedom series? Just wave, just wave. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right, we are going to actually jump in, right in. If you are joining us online, we just wanna welcome you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And those of you who are here for the first time, we are just praying that this series would continue to bless your life and that it would feed into everything that God has for you. Amen. In your pursuit of freedom from addiction, oppression, aimlessness, and misery, it is important to remember that freedom is a moment and a process. That's what we're going to be dealing with today. Never underestimate the power of what a moment well embraced can do for your story. Equally, never be fooled into thinking that anything great can last without continual investment in a process. Amen? Our scripture that we've been using for this entire uh, series has been out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We actually can find the evidence of this moment and process. Christ has set us free. It was a moment. It was something that was done by his, by his blood that was shed on the cross so that we would experience life and life more abundantly. And then the next piece says, stand firm. How long do you stand firm? It is a present continual tense. For those who love English, present continual tense, stand firm. It is not something that you do once. It is something that becomes a pattern. It is a part of your life, and that is a process. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a moment and a process. <laughs> this week, we are going to focus on ways in which Scripture illustrates the marriage of powerful freedom moments and the process of living out freedom. Amen? Many things inherently involve a moment and a process. We're going to do a little uh, game this morning. It's not a game, but it, we're just going to kind of, I'm going to say something and you respond out loud the answer. It's like a little quiz. Okay, ready? Respond out loud with either the word moment or process. So ready? Turning 18, that's a moment. Becoming an adult, that's a process. Marriage ceremony, that's a moment. Married life or marrying your lives together. And all of the married people in the room said, amen. <laughs> Just reminding you, those of you who said amen without like a big old smile, 
Uh, no, even the ones who did. Everyone who said amen and everyone who didn't say amen, we're going to have an opportunity for you to sign up in those tents right after. Sign up. You know why? Because <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> amen. Um, you got your dream job. That's a moment. Working in your dream job. That's a process. Discovering that you're pregnant. That's a moment. Being pregnant. Definitely a process. Having your baby dedicated, like what we did here today. That's a moment. Raising that same child to be dedicated to God. And all the parents in the house said, Amen. <laughs> the house is clean for a very brief, 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 brief moment. <laughs> Keeping the house clean, definitely a process, <laughs> a process. Let's, uh, the decision to remodel your home, that might be a moment, it's a moment where you just decide. Remodeling your actual house, a never ending process. This one's fun. The decision at your house, you guys are like, mm, I'm hungry. Let's get some Chick-fil-A. The decision to get Chick-fil-A is a moment. But I don't know if you've ever driven over to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but once you pull onto the road that's next to the road that Chick-fil-A is on and you realize that all those cars are going up into Chick-fil-A, you, you recognize that this is going to be a process. Amen. Question, is it worth it? Yes, 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 it is. It is worth it. People tend to understand the nature of a moment and a process until it comes to spiritual things. Then for some reason, we tend to be highly polar, one side or the other. We tend to hyper-focus on a moment uh, on, on a moment and reject the process. There are people that will move around from place to place to place to place, chasing a moment and not embrace the fact that there is also a process that has to kick in in order for them to experience the life and the purpose and the plan that God really has for them. There are some well-crafted theologies that exist to support this, but the fault is in that they don't recognize the process necessary for life and life more abundant. On the other hand, there are still, there are some individuals that might fight and even split churches and, and won't associate with one another because they don't believe that moments exist. We tend to be highly polar. But can I say this this morning? We need both. Can we say that together? We need both. Amen. Think about David. David in the moment where he was anointed to be king. It, it, it was a moment where he was anointed to be king. But it wasn't until he was in his 30s that he even stepped into the process of, of, of the throne and actually ruling. It took years, years, more than 10, 
for him to even experience that. And once he even got into ruling, it wasn't very long before he found himself back in this journey trying to figure out how to get back into that palace. It was a process. He did have a moment where he was anointed, but there was a process that followed. I think that there are people in this room right now that have gone through moments where they have, they have felt and, and, and heard God speak deeply to their hearts, that they are called, that they are anointed, they are appointed, that they have uh, purposes and plans and things that they're going to accomplish. And then you ran into something that was discouraged you, something that was difficult, something that made you even wonder, was that real? Did he really say that to me? I want to encourage you today, even as I was preparing this morning, the Lord just dropped that in my heart, that I need to tell you, he did speak to you. He did call you. It is exactly what he said. However, there is a process. And that process sometimes ends up, you know, we have these ups and downs, highs and lows in life. And, and sometimes there are people that, um, that become discouraged and they no longer want to even engage in what God spoke to their heart that set them on fire. But I want to encourage you that it is a process. God did say it. He will do it. You just got to stick with it. Amen. God has called you to all the blessings that we mentioned on week one. You are meant to live free from depression, shame, rejection, sickness, disease, free from selfishness, free from pride. You are meant for continual joy, walking with your head held high, overlapping seasons of blessing, but it will require the moment and the process. I want to jump over to a scripture um, where Jesus actually comes into contact with these 10 lepers. It's found in Luke chapter 17. I'll read it. It's up here. While Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one of the villages, he was met by 10 lepers. They stood at a distance and raised their voices shouting, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priests. Would you read this next sentence with me? And as they were on their way, they were cleansed. There's a moment Jesus recognized and saw them, but as they began to engage in the process, they were cleansed. They were healed. Isn't that good? The word is powerful. Was their freedom complete at Jesus' recognition? Not all the way. Just like in week one, there was a responsibility that they had to take in their role of freedom and being complete. Amen? Let's jump over to another story. It is the story of Esther and the freedom for her people. Esther um, her real name was Hadassah, but we call her Esther, is a young woman who finds herself in a royal palace because of favor on her life. Her family was the people of God, and they were facing an enemy like never before. This enemy was intelligent, 
powerful, influential, methodical, and bent on their destruction and acquired legal right to do so. Esther was raised by a family member named Mordecai, and it wasn't, that wasn't her dad, but it was a cousin. Some people say it was an uncle. You know how in, in families they say, oh, that's my, that's my uncle right there. No, that's your cousin. <laughs> that's your dad's yeah, first cousin, so that's your cousin. But, you know, so it, this, Mordecai raised um, Esther, and there was this moment where he actually reaches out and begs and approaches her, begs her to approach the king and ask for help. And in this moment, we get a chance to see this conversation take place. It says, when Esther's words were relayed to Mordecai, he sent back, he, he, he sent back to her this reply. Do not imagine that because you are in the king's palace, you alone will escape the fate of all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows if perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, such a moment as this. This is a pivotal and a crucial moment that without this moment, I don't know if she would have ever stepped into the fullness of her purpose. If she would have fully seen the breakthrough that God wanted to bring through her life. Let's go on to the next scripture. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink day or night for three days, and I and my maidens will fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. This was a decisive moment, a destiny-changing moment for her. What about your moment? What about your moment? Like the 10 lepers, they were willing to ask Jesus for a moment. Are you willing to ask Jesus for a moment of his time? The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Bible says that Jesus saw them and responded he did not ignore them. Many other people ignored them, would not associate with them. But Jesus saw them and he answered them. I want to say this. For your moment, you need to remove any theology or thoughts or anything that would cause you to believe that Jesus will not see you will not hear you, and will not respond to you. If you search throughout the scriptures and you look at the lives of some of the people that Jesus saw, heard, and responded to, no one is disqualified at all. Everyone is eligible. And I believe that God has such a desire to engage 
his people. He has such a desire to reach out to you and to do life with you and to commune with you. Don't let any thought pattern or process hinder you from stepping into your moment. Your moment will require a couple of things. The very first thing that your moment will require is that you will be challenged. And I believe this is in your notes. Esther was in a place where she was living the good life, but there was a very real threat coming for her and all of her family, people, her community. Sometimes we have to have a wake-up moment and we cannot get lost in what's comfortable and familiar. What areas of your life are you feeling or hearing a challenge? Because this might be your moment. Mordecai challenged Esther, and it was because of that that she was able to have a wake-up moment from living in the palace and life was good. Everything was magnificent. It was, ooh, I mean, she had a life better than most people who have ever lived ever. But yet there was something more that she needed to accomplish. That was her moment. You know what else your moment will require? Your moment will require courage. Your moment will require courage. There is something that God is leading you to do, a step or a, a step that he is calling you to take. And maybe you have been afraid or felt unqualified. Esther was actually originally afraid to go in and to speak with the king because she had not been called in for over a month. She, and, and they were not allowed to show up before the king without uh, being invited. Otherwise, they could be killed. And you know what? The previous queen before her... <laughs> She got uh, deposed. She got, she got the boot. And, and because she did something that, that she was not asked to do. And so Esther's like looking at the pattern like, uh, I don't know if this is a good idea for me to do. But there was a moment that required courage from her. She was unsure if she was valuable enough to break the status quo and still be accepted. Anybody ever identify with that right there? What are you afraid of happening if you obey God fully? If you become courageous for your family and your community, what will it change? What would it mean for them? You know what else your moment is gonna require? It's gonna require action. What kind of action? The easiest action that you can identify in your life. We at Anthem call it a step. You're like, oh, how am I going to get all the way over here and do all these things? Oh, great, great, great. It all starts with a step. What's the next step? Focus on that. Do that. Don't get overwhelmed with all this other stuff that is out in front of you, even though you need to hang on to the, the big picture. Take the step. Turn your neighbor say, take the step. What direction should this step be? Should it be a, a step, a step back, <laughs> a, a, a step down? No, 
I love these two words, uh, or these four words. I guess it's three words, adding, addition. All right, here we go. Forward and upward. That's where your step should be, forward and upward. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 39, do not, we are not of those who shrink back, but we are those who believe and are saved. And in, in another translation, it says, no, 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 we are the faithful ones. Your moment will require action. Action is the result of love. You know what else your moment will require? Your moment is going to require thinking of more than just yourself. Remember your family. Remember your children to come, natural and spiritual. Remember your community, church. You know what the big challenge is? The big challenge with this particular point is that over time, so many of us have experienced disappointments that cause us to love God, but not really actually love people. For real, for real. For real, for real, for real. I just want to, and, and we could go, so, if you come to that relationship conference on Friday, they're going to start off by dealing with some of these inner hurts and some of these things that are going to get you to a place of freedom so that you can begin to experience forward and upward. It's time. It's time for that. <laughs> Amen. This might be a moment right now where you're going to make a destiny-shifting decision for your life, your family, for your community, and don't just think of yourself. Think of those who are to come after you. There are people in your workplace that may never know Christ, may never experience the, the first fresh breath of grace without you doing what you were called to do. Embrace the moment that God has for you. You know what else your moment will require? Intercession. Intercession. Esther said, I will go and speak to the king. Pray for me. And in a powerful freedom moment, she laid down her life to become an intercessor for people, for her people, for the oppressed, for the threatened, the harassed, for the suffering, and those whose lives were miserable. Has intercession been on your radar lately? How do you intercede for someone? Who are you called to intercede for? And if you're sitting in this room and you're like, what does the word intercede mean? In the Bible, the definition of intercede is the simple definition is to pray for someone or to, to pray. But if you look, if you go a little further into it, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, it actually says this, to attack with petition, to urge, to strike against, and in the New Testament, to step in between, to intercede. Think about the last thing that moved your heart to the point where you were, I got to, I got to step in. I got to step in between. I, I, this cannot continue to happen. That is, the kind of, that is the kind of fervency that we need to step into intercession with. Amen? You know what's funny? In the story of Esther, the movie 
always ends kind of about right there. <laughs> the movie ends, the credits roll, we stand up and we cheer, we go home. Oh, wow, that was an amazing, amazing show. But there is more to the story, church. There are more chapters in the story, church. It wasn't just about that moment, even though that moment was, a, was an amazing turning point for Esther's life and for the people of God. It was a huge turning point, but it wasn't just about that moment. In your life, you got saved, but there's more to that story. In your life, you got baptized, there's more story left. You pray to be set free from addiction and oppression. There's more chapters, and this is what we are going to call the process. Amen? You see, the threat did not disappear, nor were the plans of the enemy gone just because of that moment. A, a, the, my, the single greatest failing of our Christian culture today is that we do not realize that we are in a fight and don't know how to fight. In the book of Esther and in our lives, the enemy is defeated, amen? But the enemy's plans have still been set into motion and the people of God have to prepare and coordinate for how they will see freedom secured in the lives of their homes and their families. There are still attacks planned against them. Though the war has not, though the war has been won and the verdict has been decided. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's why you need a process. That's the reason why it can't just be a moment. You need a process because there's still some battles out there that you might not be prepared for and you might not want to fight by yourself. Yes, you might be strong and yes, you might know quite a bit. You might have uh, all these degrees and these things in your, in your uh, portfolio, but the spiritual battle that you have to face, you just might need a process. Let's look at this. In chapter 8, Esther returns to the king a second time. Did you know that? She actually comes back uninvited a second time. And the king extends the scepter again. I was like, oh, I didn't see that one in the movie. <laughs> she says, please do, what, do whatever you can to stop whatever the enemy has set into motion. The king responds that the things that have been set into motion are st still on the calendar to happen, but you can write a new decree that will combat the old. So this brings us to Esther chapter 8, verse 8. Here's what it says. Now you may write in the king's name as you please regarding the Jews and seal it with the royal signet ring for a decree that is written in the name of the king and sealed with the royal signet ring cannot be revoked. It goes on to tell that they can create 
their own decree and he will endorse it. And so they instruct the people that a fight is coming their way, encourage them to begin to meet and assemble and prepare for battle to defend their families and to eliminate anything that has come to destroy their families, their homes, and their community. We need that. That's a thing. That's a part of why we gather. It's so that we can encourage one another and we can assemble. So I want to talk about a few things that your process will need. We're going to go to your process will require one, assembling. Some assembly required. <laughs> you need a plan, a pathway for freedom beyond just church attendance. You need input while forming your plan to uh, plan to secure success for all. If everyone in the whole community gets burned and pillaged and wiped out and your house still stands, that's not victory. Can I say that again? <laughs> I'll read that again. If everyone in your whole community, if your neighbors are, are suffering and dying and, and everybody in your community and in our city continues to go down and down and down and you're still, your house still stands and you got your nice little cute front yard and all those things, that is not a picture of victory, church. As a matter of fact, my wonderful friend George Shout out to George back there. I, I shared this idea with him, and I asked him to draw me a picture. So those of you who are visual, here is a picture that I want you to see. <laughs> I don't know why he drew it of me and my wife. How do you do that? <laughs> look at this. All around, look, mayhem has taken place. The, the community has fallen apart. But if you look at the house, it's like, they're nice little trees. Ooh, two stories. My daughters would be so excited about that. And then I'm, I'm, I'm whispering sweet nothings into my wife's ear. What would you like to do today? Even if we did go out, where are we going to go? Everything is, things have been, have been affected so dramatically that that is not a picture of life and life more abundantly. So it has to go beyond your comfort. I want to read this statement. Your comfort will never be a sufficient enough substitute for your true interlocked, interdependent purpose in Christ Jesus. Your process is going to require preparing for battle. I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Okay, I will. All right. This, okay, this is going to help you. This is going to help you. All right. I'm a worship leader too. This is going to help you. You know the song, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder. Do you realize that that is only aimed toward a moment? There is still a process necessary. And do you realize that there are people that are embracing only half of the story and they are getting whooped on a year-to-year -year basis and they're just learning how to cope with defeat 
instead of stepping into the victory that God has for them because they only have the moment. They're not embracing the process. They've been taught how they have, I, I wrote down, one of the crises in 2020 is that we're preparing the next generation for continual losses and severely broken faith. They have not been taught how to win in life, faith, or in their deepest struggles. You can sing that your weapon can be a melody in a moment, but over years and years and years, you gotta get some more tools. You gotta get some more weapons. You wanna know what those weapons are? Let's go to Ephesians chapter six. Can we uh, read? Uh, yeah, well, let's read it together. Ready? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How long do you need to be strong? Continually. It's a continual present tense. Be strong. What does that take? It has, has to take a process in order for that to work. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. How often do you have to do that? Continually. It takes a process. For, the, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, do what? Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. How long do you need to stand your ground, church? Continually. And what is that going to take? A process, hallelujah. After you have done everything to stand. Jump to the next one. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. You need that. With the breastplate plate of righteousness in place. You need that too. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You need that. For in addition to all this, take up what? The shield of faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need that. <laughs> with which you can do what? Extinguish all, all, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need that. This is important. These are your weapons and pray in the spirit on how many occasions? With how many kinds of prayers? All kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. These, this, this scripture is about the process. I don't see very much on there that aims towards just the moment. That stuff's aiming at the process. I have two more I'm gonna say real quick. Your process is gonna require that you learn to protect your family. I, ha I have a friend that I grew up with that shared with me that every single great-grandmother, grandmother, mother, daughter, and then the next daughter, every single one of them had been violated at the age of 13 and, and, and from that point on struggled to find 
uh, self-worth and begin to chase relationships with individuals. That is something that has to be broken. We have to learn how to protect our family. And I'm not talking about the little group that me and a handful of my other friends have created called the Shotgun Club. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about in the spirit. Registration also out in the tent. I'm joking, kind of. There are so many other aspects. I, I, I remember uh, chatting with a friend uh, about 10 years ago, and he was sharing that, um, that he had um, his family, the men in his family had habitually struggled with pornography in a way that it had gotten, it, it, it had been an issue for every single person in his family, and he was distraught at the fact that he found his five-year-old son looking at things that he should not be looking at. You have to realize that generational patterns have to be broken, not just in that area, but in the area of health, in the area of economics, in the area of racism and pride, and in the area of people being resistant to God. That can be a generational pattern that has to be broken. And we we cannot experience the full victory that God has for us until we have taken until we have taken up those causes and decided that it will not go further it will go no further than this moment right now broken finally your strategy will require it, sorry, your process will require a strategy for your community to be free. This is why I love the picture that we have been praying and God has been bringing into our hearts about the, the, the anthem being a center of hope, a center of hope. We need, we need our lobby to become a place that is just overflowing with life in a way that people during the week, they can come and hang out here and they can have coffee or they can have their business meetings, training, seminars, area of play for kids, maybe even put a school in at some point, a hub for economic development where people can get married and where people can find comfort when they lose their loved ones, where they can come for godly counsel and counseling services for addiction and recovery to get assistance for food and clothing, a house of prayer where everyone can feel safe and welcome to cry out to the one true living God. We need that. We need that for our community to be free. As I close, I just wanna ask you this question. Remember I said people tend to be polar they tend to lean to one side. As you have heard all of this, I want you to consider and think about, is there an aspect of the process or the moment that you lean toward, or even more important, that you lean away from and go, ooh, I don't wanna do that. No, I don't wanna do that. Because this may be a moment and a time, a, a decisive shift in your life today where you can begin to fully embrace all that God has for you.
And can you say this out loud with me? It takes a moment and a process. We need both. Hallelujah. There may be somebody who's in here that feels like they're in the place of this individual of the 10 lepers where they didn't feel worthy enough to to come right up to Jesus or maybe Esther who was afraid to go before the king because she wasn't sure of her value. I want to assure you today that Jesus sees you. He hears you and he will respond to you right now today. Would you stand to your feet with me? I have a word for you. Stephanie, I have, uh, yeah, I have a word for you right after service. The Lord, woo, hallelujah. Okay, all right. If you are in a place where you have felt far from God and you would like to be nearer, you have a desire to walk with the Lord, you, f- you feel like maybe you've been distant, maybe you've turned away in the past, maybe you've, your heart has become resistant to God and you say, I think this is a decisive moment for me. Would you just wave your hand all over the building? I think this is a decisive moment. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And the second thing I want to say is if you are in this place and you feel like God is beginning to turn and to press your heart to embrace both the moment and the process, and you can clearly recognize some of the aspects in which you have not held on to, would you just wave your hand this morning? All right. Okay. Spirit of the living God, I pray right now that you would touch every life in this room, every person in this building right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would quicken this word on 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 for the glory of your name, Father. I pray that you would quicken this word to begin to work, to go deep down into our hearts, deep down into our soul, past our mind, will, and emotions, and begin to do surgery the way your word does, Father. Begin to separate things that are spirit from flesh, things that are bone from marrow in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would, by your supernatural power, the power of the blood and the power of the cross, bring freedom to this community. Those who are far from you, may they find and discover that Jesus is freedom. And Lord, I pray that those who have been trying to do this thing on their own, may they discover that that freedom happens together. And Lord, those who have given up on on their story, Father, and those who are struggling with situations, I pray that they would discover, rediscover God in this next couple of weeks, Father, that you would bring back to their heart that it takes a moment and a process. May they embrace you, your word, and everything that you have for them in the name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.